naturally Granny Keto, welcoming you to my podcast, Chew the Fat with Granny Keto. On my website, grannyketo.com, I have a page called Granny's Table with all my favorite keto recipes. I hope this podcast makes you feel that you are sitting at Granny Keto's table just chewing the fat. Discussing this and that, sometimes the science of keto, sometimes chatting with guests, sometimes just talking about the week's adventures, grandkids, how a recipe turned out, or challenges and victories, keto and otherwise but always friendly and casual, and welcoming you into my home. Pull up a chair and sit a while. Today we're going to talk with Amy and Chris about their recent trip to Edinburgh. After our last podcast, I am so curious about how they found the food, whether they enjoyed everything or whether they made some decisions to go lightly on the sugar and baked goods. Since today's podcast has to do with travel, I do want to talk about a few things that you might find helpful if you are taking a trip of your own. There are many levels of travel, so let's start by talking locally. And by that, I mean day trips or overnight trips where you are traveling in a car. But first, I want to remind you that eating keto does not need to be complicated or difficult, no matter what your travel plans are. If you are doing something by day or an overnight that will not entail too many outside meals and you just want to know what you can pack or bring or stop for, deli meats, hard-boiled eggs, salami and cheese, either separately or they sell them as roll-ups that look like little cigarettes with cheese in the middle wrapped around by salami or prosciutto. Cold cooked chicken and canned sardines are also very handy sources of protein. And you can also easily pack a salad or just some celery sticks, olives, and pickles. For more on foods that travel well, either in the car or on the plane or in your suitcase, check out my YouTube video from July 2018 entitled Travel. If you are eating out at restaurants, there is hardly a restaurant that can't accommodate your needs. For instance, we have a restaurant here in the Boston area called Legal Seafoods. One of my clients asked me to look at the menu and suggest what could be ordered. Here is the list. Jumbo shrimp cocktail, but ask for melted butter instead of cocktail sauce. Deviled eggs, spinach and feta cheese dip but without the pita crisps, ask for celery instead. Green salad, wedge salad, Caesar salad, but hold the croutons. For the entrees, almost anything from that menu or the grill menu would work. Just ask for no pasta, no rice, and skip any special sauces made with sugar. Any of the special burgers are fine, of course, with no rolls or fries. And even the lobster salad roll, no roll, is perfect. And this is a fancy place. A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I took the grandkids to McDonald's Playland, and for some reason, I was so hungry. When that happens, usually I just wait till we we get home and I eat, but it was going to be a long day. So I ordered a double hamburger, extra cheese, extra bacon, hold the bun, and the special sauce. You might hit an ethnic restaurant where you have to tackle difficult menu selections, but for the most part, when you are away from home, you can pretty much manage. 
For those times when you can't manage, either because you were faced with a lot of non-keto and tempting foods, like I was on my trip to Italy this past summer, or because you were eating in countries where the keto choices are extremely limited, please read my blog from August 8, 2018, entitled Boxes and Boundaries. If you don't stay keto during special occasion and holiday travel, just enjoy every bite and don't feel bad about yourself. No sense throwing gas on the fire. I was talking last night with Laura and Will Minor, who have a great presence in the keto community, and they were talking about their trip to Disney World with their family. They put it wonderfully. They both said that they don't consider it cheating when they do not eat keto. That just adds an entire psychological layer to it. They say, okay, today we didn't eat keto, tomorrow or the next meal we will. I think that is so healthy and encourage you just to enjoy and move on. I'm not saying that you should go off your keto plan, but if you do, just hop right back on. However, that being said, look at your food needs during your trip and even look up menu options at some restaurants you may be visiting. Prepare for plane trips and car trips. Going off keto should not be a casual thing, but if you must, at least do it carefully and intentionally and put that lid right back on the box at the very next meal or at least when you get back from your travels. And with that, I want to welcome home Amy and Chris and see how they did on their travels. Hi, Amy and Chris. Hi, Miriam. <laughs> Hi, Miriam. <laughs> okay, so listen, I loved looking at your pictures on Instagram and things that you posted, and it looked like a fabulous trip. Before we even talk food, tell me about the trip a little bit. Okay, well, I, I can start. Um, so this has been a bucket list item. Um, years ago, Chris and I, um, I had what we call a sort of foster kid. She was the daughter of a friend who needed to attend, live with us and attend our local high school. Um, so we kind of, she sort of unofficially adopted as our niece and, you know, part of the family. And years ago, I told her that when she turned 30, which was last uh -huh. December, and um, I hit a milestone a few weeks ago, um, we would go to Scotland for New Year's Eve because the Scottish people celebrate New Year's Eve in a really big way. And it's called Hogmanay. So that's the basis for the trip. That's why we went. So we went. We were there for a week. Um, we, we arrived on the 29th, and we left on the 5th. And we went to Edinburgh, I should say, Edinburgh, which is the capital. Edinburgh. Yeah. Wonderful. I got I to gotta tell the, the listeners that, um, you know, we always think of, you know, France and Italy and, and you know, and who thinks of Scotland? But I got to tell you, the pictures and the and the parades and the groups and the it just looked like a wonderful wonderful trip my brother goes there he has my brother had gone to cambridge university and so he has um many many friends there and he's always i don't want to say always going to scotland but he goes but i never it's like well i'm going to scotland and i'll be home in two weeks all right goodbye have a good trip but this was the first time actually i saw all the celebrations and the pictures it was lovely so listen let's get straight to food chris did you have had Haggis. Yeah, we had haggis quite a few times. It's, they they serve it as an appetizer. They serve it as a main course. They don't serve it anymore in the sheep's stomach, which took all the fun out of it. But <laughs> it was it was really it was good. It was kind of like 
it was basically like hash, you know? So tell like us a fried again. hash. Yeah, in the last episode, you or really a got it. Okay, in the last episode, you really got into this description. But anyone who didn't hear that, tell us again, but leave in the sheep's stomach part because that was like, ah. All right, tell us. So, so traditionally, it's um, it, it's made with grains like oatmeal, um, and then with all the nasty bits, you know, the organ, all the organ meats like lungs and liver and kidneys, and and um, and then they grind all that up. They combine it with basically rolled oats and oatmeal, and then they pour a healthy dose sometimes of scotch, single malt scotch, over it, and then they bake it in a sheep's stomach um and um then they they bring the whole sheep's stomach out to the table and they cut it open and you eat out of that and you obviously eat it with a large glass of scotch whiskey next to you um so that's the beverage of choice unfortunately hardly anybody or nobody that we found actually served it in the sheep's stomach they served it sort of like um where it was cut into into rounds and it was fried or it was served it looked basically like like meatloaf um but it was great i really enjoyed it um they you know a lot of restaurants take great pride in in the various things that they do with haggis and and it was really good but i mean it's obviously not keto because it's made with um oatmeal or with rolled oats but um but I tried it and I I liked it and I mean it's not it's meatloaf is better um, <laughs> for obvious reasons um, but it's um yeah it was it was pleasant it was great and they took great pride in in serving it to you and and they were especially happy when you complimented them on it. Very nice. Now, Amy, because it did not come in a sheep's stomach this time around, did you partake or you still didn't, you know, still don't like the idea of all those bits and pieces of other organs in there? Well, yeah, so I, I don't eat red meat, so that's part oh, of the animal, right. right? So I, so I was right. able to escape um, having to eat haggis. <laughs> it came in handy. So let me ask you, the menus over there, um, is it very meat-heavy, or was there choice of fowl and fish and vegetarian items? Like, how did you find your food choices over there, things that appealed to you? Well, actually, um, they're, uh, the menu, they're very proud of their local cuisine. We, they're actually, the cuisine there is quite good. Um, there was always an option for chicken. I do eat chicken. Um, okay. Uh, turkey. I had a great turkey dinner one night. Uh, other poultry or fowl and fish there's um they also have very um lots of fresh fish so uh there are plenty of options there for me okay now i i was talking about the um all the celebration stuff and all you know new year's eve and all of that was it a sort of thing where there was just constant food like like you would if you went to a fair here and like every other every 10 feet there's a stand selling food and was it just a constant thing or was it like oh you had breakfast i know you had an airbnb instead of a hotel but was it okay you had breakfast then you had lunch and then you went out for a dinner but it was like was it all day facing stuff no we had to actually plan for our meals so we had food for the um we usually had breakfast at the at the apartment and you know we tried to because we were traveling i usually like actually i i usually manage i i didn't need to eat lunch but um we did eat 
like three, usually three meals a day. Um, we'd find a pub. Pubs are great. Pub food is good. Um, we found a great little wine bar right around the corner from our apartment that had light meals. Um, they had great quiche and, and salad and things. Um, so it, we really sort of had to like seek out and plan for our meals. It wasn't like we had to, had food in our face all the time. Right. And you were comfortable, you were just comfortable enjoying everything. Cause that was, that was what I was going to ask. I remember we talked about shortbread and I said, is shortbread bread really scotch? <laughs> it is. <laughs> there is. Okay. Okay. So, so I assumed there was a lot of, not just your meals, but I assumed there was a lot of goodies and stuff like that. And were you just comfortable? You said, okay, I'm going to have the 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 stuff at the bakery and I'm going to have the the sugar and I'm going to have the shortbread and I'm, I'm did you just enjoy everything we did but we didn't do excess it was like it worked out I think as long as I felt like nourished for me anyway not speaking for Chris but you know um I usually didn't have dessert like we had dessert occasionally but not all the time um we had at one of the castles I think it was Edinburgh Castle it's a hot very high up over the city and it was very cold and I was for some reason we had a late lunch or I can't remember it was like we were having dinner till late. I was really hungry, and they were serving afternoon tea. But I didn't do the whole tea. But I did get, I tried real shortbread, and I tried uh -huh. a, a scone, because scone, I think, are originally Scottish. So that's, and that's what I had, and I enjoyed it. And, you know, but that's the only shortbread I had there. Um, um, so yeah. it, I, so we didn't, we, I wouldn't say we didn't go overboard, but when an opportunity presented itself for something to try, we did. Okay, so Chris, Amy, sort of speaking for you as well. You just had your meals. You enjoyed what was there. You enjoyed your your spirits. I assume did you get did you have anything special there in in spirit land that you wouldn't have here at the state? Like, is there certain uh, whiskeys or scotches or whatever that you really can't find here that you enjoyed over there? Yeah, we went to the uh, this the. What was it, Amy, called? The Scotch Whiskey Scotch Tasty. Whiskey Experience, yes. Yes, ah. and, and that, and they had, um, they had, they had two tasting rooms, and one of the tasting rooms was in it. You're cutting out. Five hundred bottles of. I, um, it was thirty-four hundred bottles of Scotch. Thirty-four hundred bottles. <laughs> so the Scotch Whiskey Tasting Experience was, um, it. There was a room that had 3,400 bottles of, of Scotch whiskey. Whoa. And, and so that was amazing. And then, and they gave us a, an amazing uh, history of Scotch whiskey. And also, they, we tasted five different kinds. And uh, that, was, that was really fantastic. And it was a great experience. And they had a huge shop. Um, and in fact, in the shop, they had a 25,000 pound. Uh, English pounds uh, in a bottle of Macallan, 50-year-old. And that was – and I wanted to get, like, a couple bottles, but Amy said no. <laughs> Not even at the duty-free shop on your way home? Uh, no, they didn't have no, that no. duty-free, no. <laughs> they, they didn't have that 25,000-pound bottle of 50-year-old <laughs> Macallan at the duty-free. I looked. They had, they had a few that were, like, 20 and 30 years old, but not nothing 50 years old. Not the 50 years old. Nice. 
So they uh, they were the people that worked in that shop were very knowledgeable, and we actually um, on Hogmanay New Year's Eve, we actually met somebody that worked there, and he had a knapsack, and he was giving free tastes of Scotch whiskey <laughs> out um, from a from a plastic water bottle because no glass bottles were allowed. And so, but you but you could bring your own alcohol, which is what he yeah. You, yeah, they they had no problems with you drink, bringing um, bottle, plastic bottles full of, of Scotch whiskey, but um, no bottles or cans. So, or actually, I take that back, no bottles, glass bottles. So for that occasion, do they sell uh, spirits in plastic bottles just for that occasion? So like at the entrance, you could buy them or you could just kind of fill up your own water bottle? Our mission fee included one nip of Johnny Walker blended whiskey for each two people because Johnny Walker hosted the event. The street oh, interesting. Well, it sounds like you just had a wonderful time. It sounds as though the festivities were not limited just to New Year's Eve. Was it, was it a very festive area all week? Yes, all big time. They had the, a torchlight procession um, before leading up to it. They had what they call Kaylee's, which is Gaelic for party. So there were, you could go to a party and do traditional Highland dancing and hear the pipers. Uh, there was, um, they had this here in America too, the, a polar bear swim on New Year's Eve. Uh, New oh, Year's Day. okay. They called the Looney Duck. So yeah, so it was definitely a prolonged festival. Very nice. Well, before we go on, I want to ask two other food questions. Did you ever find out about Scotch eggs? And yes. if they're really Scottish. Oh, you did. We did. Okay, we, great. I, I have a great picture. I will send it to you for show notes. But okay. we went to a we went to a, a street fair market, um, and there was a person who made them. And they looked they looked beautiful, and they so I had to take a picture for you. Chris didn't have any though. I offered to buy him one, but he didn't want one. But um, they are definitely Scottish, and uh, yes, we saw them. If not. Okay, because I just I just got another recipe for it, and it's something. And Joe just got quail eggs, which are these little itty bitty things. And so I was thinking of making Scotch eggs with the quail eggs, because then they're just like sort of a bite sized snack. And yes. I, I thought it would be really interesting. Now, nothing to do with your trip except that you went to Scotland. Would you explain to me the Scotch oats that you eat, like the slow cooking oats? Um. The, well, I mean, they make, I think they do, um, their varieties like rolled oats, I think they do. Is that what you're okay. talking about? Yeah, because sometimes I see a can and it says Scottish oatmeal. And I didn't know whether that's what, what you eat on your step one, because you said you're not going to give up your eat oatmeal. And it's, and I was just curious, because we're talking about Scotland and Scotch eggs and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. So I just figured I would ask you about Scottish oatmeal. Well, I think that, um, I think that, uh, oats are really big there because they grow up there. And, um, but I think, you know, they have oat cakes that are not sweet, by the way. Everyone thinks, oh, they're, they're sweet, but they're not, um, they're actually just not made without, they're made totally without sugar. Um, okay. but yeah, I think, um, I think it's just when you see the, when you see it in the store, it's just the way they prepare the oats to have like for them to eat. And it's, it's closer, I think, to what like we call, um, um, they call them pinhead oats, I think, but it's, wow. okay. uh, but it's like rolled oats or, uh, not rolled oats. What's the other, um, Chris, what do we eat? Um, 
Not rolled oats. They're steel cut oats. Steel cut oats. Steel cut That's cut-outs. it. Yes. Yes. Okay. As long as we're talking about Scotland, I just figured <laughs> I'd I would bring that up. So now you're home from vacation and uh real life has set in. So let me ask you well, guys. We're, we're going on vacation again. Oh, Oh, tell me. We're, we're leaving for London on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Amy, happy birthday. I know it's a birthday celebration for you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, a little belated, but yeah, we're going over to celebrate um, with our friend Martin, who was also celebrating his birthday. So Nice. So yeah. when are you going? We're leaving uh, Wednesday. Wow. Good thing we got this podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so we'll have to talk again how you did. So let me ask you. So if you're leaving Wednesday and guys who are listening to this, we are broad, we are recording this on a Friday. So we're just talking the weekend and then they're out of here. So let's say we really read a, really settle into things when you get back from your next trip. Uh, but let's just talk a little bit about where you want to go from here. Uh, so, Amy. Well, like I said, I was pretty. I was pretty um, pleased with how the vacation went in general, though. In terms of, I just I didn't see it as an excuse to, but I just like enjoyed some of the foods I wanted to try that I wouldn't get here. So I don't. So I think it's just mostly going back to, um, you know, not eating desserts, uh, um, not <laughs> not eating, you know, and watching my general sugar intake um and yeah uh so i think it's gonna be probably you know same course for me um yeah do you have any desire to move on to let's say i know that eating eating vegetarian style you probably rely a lot on legumes and things like that but do you have any desire to further cut things out i have no grains and no legumes and i know that and i can look it up for next time that we talk but there is a whole community of vegetarian keto people so I don't know whether they eat the grains and the legumes and just watch the the um, carbohydrate counts, or whether they actually have cut this out okay. and are getting uh, and are getting their calories and their nutrients from, uh, you know, maybe fats and dairy products and and things like that. But um, I would assume you probably have no interest. So people who are listening, I have a granny transitions program and it's five steps to keto. Um, and what I encourage my clients is if you want to go keto, if you're an all in sort of person, just go all in and I'll teach you how to do keto. But if you like to do it a little bit at a time and you think it would be too much of a shock to your body and your psyche to just go all the way to keto, I have these steps in this transitions program, but I also work with people that are just one step at a time. So let's say Amy is on step one, which is no sugar and no baked products. And I don't think you expect it to go any further than that. And that's absolutely fine. Um, The second step is you, you keep on adding to this. So in addition to the no sugar and no baked products, you go to no grains and no legumes. The third step is limited carbohydrates and that you can do with the sugar and the grains and the legumes. So let me ask you this, Amy, Mm -hmm. if you don't want step two, meaning that you're eating the grains and the legumes, do you want to just learn about carbohydrates and be aware where you are on carbohydrates or as long as you're not eating sugar and baked products, 
you're just fine with things. Like, I think I think it's always good to learn. Um, okay. I think also something to keep in mind. I don't know. We've talked about this in this podcast. Um, I know that many people go on keto for health reasons. There's um, it's not just to lose weight. And actually, right. the emphasis I think you emphasize is overall health and wellness. Right. And um, I did. Ha- I was tested for insulin um, levels, which mm-hmm. were which I think were pretty good, as I recall. I- I recall also they were very low and your blood sugar was low. And so, you know, you're, you're fine with this. Right. You're so, fine doing what you're doing. If I'm doing what I'm doing, I mean, it's like, I don't feel a compelling reason mm-hmm. to, pers- to pursue keto. Um, but I think it's always good to learn and, and, and maybe experiment a little. Like, for example, I will never be vegan, but I do right. try to have one vegan meal a day. So okay. maybe it's worth learning more um, and maybe I can flirt with maybe having a keto meal with Chris if he has like chicken or fish and just have that. Do you know what I mean? So exactly. it's, it's not, it's not all in, but it's kind of incorporating some of it. And, um, you know, so it can't hurt, can only help. Exactly. Um, so that was it on carbohydrates. And I want to just go back to the program for a minute. So step four is you learn to moderate your proteins and you don't have fruits except for berries. And at the fifth step, you learn how to eat higher fat. I think out of all of this, people are scared about the higher fat. And so we go into this and then you, you drop out on your starchy vegetables. And then, you know, at that point, at that point, you are keto. So Amy, we're, we're going to continue with no sugar and baked goods. And I'm not so sure you need coaching unless, you know, you have questions about stuff that I can help you with that. But Chris, we're going to work with you a little bit because I know that you do want to go, you do want to go keto. So, um, let me just ask you, we don't have to get too personal. Amy, did you get on the scale before and after the trip? I and- didn't, but you know what's interesting? I had a doctor's appointment after the trip, and, mm-hmm. she, and uh, she was very pleased. She said, oh, this is the lowest you've been in like... I wow. So something's working. So there was a lot of walking on the trip, too. But okay. um, I think, you know, and just maybe set, maybe making sensible choices, including, you know, avoiding as much sugar as possible, uh, is really, really... A good way to, to, you know, good baseline. Okay, so let me go back. When you say avoiding as much sugar as possible, uh, where does the as possible come in? Because I thought you were going to cut out all sugar. Oh, right. But I mean, um, so for me, like, I'm just thinking baked goods, candy, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, okay. Right. And then, but like to support Chris, too, there's, um, I, I've been looking at sauces, like the, the, mm-hmm. the spaghetti sauce. I'm making sure there's right. no added sugar in the things that we cook and with use, and which is part of my supporting him, but it benefits me too. It benefits you too. Now, Chris, we're we're going to be doing another podcast. Uh, uh, not another. I make it sound like there's another one by another title, but actually, let me put it this way: our next podcast, I'm going to work with you um, on really honing in on keto a little bit. So I'm not going to get to that now, but also tell me your experience with the trip, like like. Amy just did. You told me a little bit uh, beforehand about, you know, the, the scale. Did you do a lot of walking? Did that mitigate the extra food? I mean, how was your how was your trip weight wise and how you felt about things? So the trip was good. Um, I, it, I wasn't I wasn't as good about eating um, carbs as I should have been or I wanted to. Um, but the the interesting thing was. 
I was always aware about what I was eating. Um, I was aware whether or not it was, you know, it, whether it was carb heavy, whether it was sugar heavy. Um, so even though I, um, even though I tried when possible to to have a keto friendly meal, uh, and, and it was actually easier in a lot of restaurants than it was um, when we got things. And we had them back at the uh, the Airbnb. So I was, and I also tried to avoid. I, I tried to avoid beer. Um, I tried to avoid any any drinks, sugar drinks. Um, but you know, the breakfast. Oftentimes we had breakfast sandwiches that were that had bread on them, or we had croissant, and um, that was you know that was sort of a deal breaker. But as you mentioned. At every meal, I really thought, okay, what's the keto alternative? And can I have the keto alternative? Can I cut out things like um, sugar? Uh, I tried fairly seriously to avoid any desserts. And so... So that that worked, and there was a fair there was amount. I actually went out of my way to to take longer walks, and um, so it worked out really well. And um, and the coming the trip coming up um, to London, I'm going to be even more careful about that. I think because the, the party we go to, everybody drinks beer. They drink enormous quantities of beer. <laughs> I. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick to whiskey, which sounds a little bit crazy, but, um, you know, small quantities of whiskey with lots and lots of water uh, and no beer, I think, will work out better. And then, as you pointed out, um, eating, having a steak or, or a hamburger without a bun and having some veg and uh, skipping the potatoes and skipping the fries, uh, I'm going to be really serious about that because I think... I, I think it's going to be an interesting challenge to to try and stick to keto while I'm while I'm there, and you know the um, and, and a lot of the places that we're going to, I think it it's going to be easier than it was in Scotland, and so excellent. And then when we when we do our next podcast, we'll we'll talk about. Uh, for when you get back from your next trip, you know, reining it in and and the whole macro discussion and all of that. And I just want to talk about a few things that you brought up, and then we can we can wind up here. Um, first of all, with the whiskey. So I did. I remember we were talking about spirits being keto. Um, I just want to say something about that. Is that when we talk about macronutrients and the macronutrients that we know as keto people are protein, carbs, and fat, whiskey, I mean, not whiskey, alcohol is actually considered a fourth macronutrient because it does deliver calories. And that's sort of what a macro nutrient is, is what delivers energy to your body. And the whiskey is seven calories per gram, uh, as opposed to carbs and protein of four and fat is nine, but that has nothing to do with anything. The point is, is that your 
the liver has to metabolize the alcohol. It's not, it doesn't go into your cells to be used as energy. So while your liver is busy metabolizing the whiskey or the, the alcohol in general, there's no fat burning going on because it's your liver that metabolizes all of this and, and gets the fat moving in your body and the ketones are present. You know, you know, the liver is all involved with this. So if the liver is detoxing, it's not that the alcohol will even kick you out of ketosis. It, it might not even kick, meaning you'll still produce ketones. So that's why it's why you they say, well, you can have alcohol, you can have spirits on keto, because it really doesn't, it doesn't interfere with ketone production, which is the whole thing behind ketogenic eating. But what does happen is it's a more immediate thing that your body has to get rid of. And so your, your liver works to get rid of it. And meanwhile, there's nothing going to your cells. There's no fat being released. There's no weight loss going on. So that sort of thing. So just to say that, um, to do the whiskey, to do whiskey instead of beer, when you go on your trip, Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Um, I, you know, aside from maybe dancing around with a lampshade on your head and making a fool of yourself, there's not a whole lot of damage to be done to your keto eating by drinking whiskey. Okay. But just, just keep, so people can say, well, gee, you know, I didn't have the bread and I didn't have the potatoes and I was really good. And I, and I came back from this vacation and I didn't lose an ounce. Well, that's why it's because your, your body is tending to the alcohol before it attends to the food. So that was on the whiskey. Now, a couple of other things I heard, and this might help you, um, Chris, I love that you said, you know, you'll pass the potatoes and you'll pass the bread. Lately, I've been looking at food like, um, you know, Mr. Granny Keto does not keep keto. And so his basket is full of stuff that I love, like barbecue potato chips. I mean, you know, I really love this, this stuff. All right. And pretzels and, and all sorts of stuff. And I've, and lately I've just been looking at it and I've been saying, you know, I'm going to be 67 years old. I don't want to make myself older than I am, but when I say I'm 66, I'm really sort of, you know, you already lived one year by the time you're one year old. So if, I, so if I'm in my 66th year, maybe I'm really 67. But the point being, I look at it and I go, how many barbecue chips have I eaten in my lifetime? Do I really need to taste it again? to be sure I like it, <laughs> you know, you know, so I've been sort of looking at foods and that's sort of been making it easier for me. And I go, you know, when I was in Italy and there was, you know, the homemade bread and the homemade pasta, like I could look at spaghetti here that comes from a Prince spaghetti box. And I can say, listen, I know what spaghetti tastes like. I've been eating it for more than 60 years. I don't need any more. When I was in Italy, no, I never had pasta that I made myself. It was it was a different situation. But a lot of times I'll just look at food that's in the kitchen and I go, I really don't have to taste this again. So like when you're in England, if there's something really special, I mean, if there's a potato done a really special way, but if it's just the 
baked potato. I mean, how many baked, more baked potatoes do you have to eat in your lifetime? And that brings me to the very last thing. And then we can, you know, if there's anything else to wind up. But my last point of the day is I listen um, to a very fantastic life coach. Her name is Brooke Castillo. Amy, you've listened to her podcast, I believe. Mm, that's right. And I've actually signed up for one of her coaching classes. I've really... Um, I'm just really impressed with her coaching and the way she teaches. And I was watching one of her classes online yesterday, and she talked about the net enjoyment of something. So let's say you have a cupcake, and it's gorgeous, and it's frosted, and it's sprinkled, and it's get filling in it. And this and it's this fantastic cupcake, and you're so sure you're going to just like, oh, the enjoyment scale for this cupcake is on 11 on a scale of one to 10. So you eat the cupcake and first of all, maybe you feel bad about yourself that you ate the cupcake. So that's, you know, five points off the enjoyment of the cupcake. And if you've been for, and I'm not even talking about if you're gluten sensitive and you should not be eating gluten and things. I'm just talking about being regular keto when you haven't eaten flour and you haven't eaten sugar for a little while and you eat something and you feel nauseous or your stomach hurts or I'll eat something and I'll just, I don't get sick because I'm not like so gluten sensitive, but I don't feel well. So then you take that and that's maybe you feel crappy and that's maybe another five points. So she talks about net enjoyment. So you take that 10, now you feel crappy, you feel crappy psychologically and you feel crappy physically and you subtract it from the 11 of that cupcake and you have one net enjoyment point Mm. would you really have eaten that cupcake if you know on a scale of one to 11 or Mm -hmm. one to 10 that it was worth a one would you you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna break my program and i'm not gonna be sick and i'm not gonna do this over over a score of one right so i just i love the way she talked about net enjoyment and so when you go to england i would sort of i would have say that that's why Mm -hmm. i was saying with the potatoes you get something and the net enjoyment is 11 and you won't feel bad about it at all And, you know, maybe it'll be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have. And that's maybe three. Mm -hmm. And you can subtract the three from 11. At least you get eight net points. Right. Okay. But if it's something you eat all of the time and you're just eating because you're eating, you know, what's the point? Exactly. You know, and the other thing, Chris, I just want to say, you talked about always looking for the keto alternative. I think that's brilliant. I really think that's brilliant to just say, okay, this is what's in front of me. Is there a keto alternative? Okay. And just work from there. And I, so I, I really like that. I really like that concept of looking for a keto alternative. You still have free will. Do you want the keto alternative or do you don't want the keto alternative or what's the net enjoyment out of this or whatever, but at least to look for a keto alternative. And that's, I think that's where people get very stumped, not just in travel, but like this person who asked me about legal seafood, go to legal seafood and have a salad and, and shrimp. What is there to be stumped about? Mm. So I think people make this more complicated than it needs to be. And I'm going to now suggest keto alternatives. I love that. What can you have instead of what's in front of you? Or how can you make what's in front of you work? Take off the bun. 
the rest of it works. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of nice. I, I thought that was a really great way that you put that. Okay. So anyway, that's uh, about what I have to say about this broadcast. Thank you for sharing all your travel stuff with us. I thought that was interesting. I'm so disappointed the haggis wasn't served in a sheep stomach. <laughs> do you think because there's not enough sheep? Oh, no. There's three sheep for every person in Scotland. There's five million people in Scotland and 15 million sheep. That's not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking because if you're a restaurant and you, I mean, do you order sheep stomachs like you order, you know, five pounds of clams? I mean, if you're a restaurant and you have 10 customers who want haggis in a sheep stomach, do you have access to 10 sheep stomachs? Well, yes. I wonder, too, if it's more like the preparation of uh, – because yeah, you have to steam it in the sheep stomach, and I think it may be an extra level of preparation where the way it was served, Chris, a lot, sometimes they were even served as appetizers, I remember. Like, they were, like, yeah. fried. And they called it in, what, a, a raggedy coat or something? Raggedy jacket? Yeah. Raggedy. They called it a raggedy jacket, which is a breaded coating. Um, it's just jag jaggy, jag jaggy jacket. Jagged jagged. Jagged. I'm going to be hung up on this haggis <laughs> business for the next two months. But when you see the Scotch eggs, though, they're they're quite beautiful, and I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. I I think that the reason they didn't serve it in the in the stomach is that it's an enormous quantity of oh, food. Oh, it's true. It is a lot of food. Yeah. It's probably like five or even ten pounds of food. So, you know, the ability of of three or four people to eat that much haggis is probably limited. So they have to serve it in inappropriate size portions right well i'm i'm glad you got to taste it in the olden days while <laughs> it was still a sheep stomach experience <laughs> okay so anyway thank you very much i appreciate you sharing your travels and your insights with us and um i'll see you next week i think i'll see both of you for our next podcast but i'm going to work a lot with with chris because we're going to try to hone in on keto a little bit so okay. thank you thank you everybody and thank you amy and chris as always talk, talk to you next time bye i would ask that you leave a review on itunes to get the ball rolling also, be sure to like my Facebook page, Granny Keto LLC, and visit my website, grannyketo.com, especially to sign up for Dancing with Keto. I also have a YouTube channel with informative videos that you might find a little different from other channels. After all, have you ever seen a belly dancer in costume teach you about keto?
I would ask that you leave a review on iTunes to get the ball rolling. Also, be sure to like my Facebook page, Granny Keto LLC, and visit my website, grannyketo.com, especially to sign up for Dancing with Keto. I also have a YouTube channel with informative videos that you might find a little different from other channels. After all, have you ever seen a belly dancer in costume? teach you about keto.